Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, Nana to 10, and a 30-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of three books, The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling. Couldn't we all use that? The four-hour school day, how you and your kids can thrive in the homeschool life and unhurried grace for a mom's heart, which is a devotional that I wrote specifically for homeschooling moms. You can find all three of those books on Amazon, and you can also find them at my website, dorendawilson.com. I am so excited, you guys. Okay. In March... I am planning to publish a new, simple, mercifully short book on raising and homeschooling boys. You guys, I don't want you to miss out on the giveaways and the updates on how to get your hands on this book. And the best way to do that is to have you subscribe to my email list. That way I have a direct connection with you. Now, I will not overload your email box. There'll be a few extras as we get closer to the launch date. Um, But like I said, I'm gonna be doing some giveaways and I just want you all to... Um, know about them and have access to them. Also, when I send out an email uh, once a month, uh, it's an encouragement, an email of encouragement, and then some updates on what's been going on at the podcast and all of that if you haven't had a chance to keep up. So I hope that you will subscribe. Just go to DorendaWilson.com and you can subscribe there. I would love to have you there. In fact, tomorrow I am doing a Zoom meeting with my subscribers. So every now and then I just let everyone know. Um, I give them a Zoom link and we meet at a specific time and they bring their questions. You all can bring your questions directly to me. So those that's something I also do occasionally with my subscribers. So I hope you'll go and subscribe to my email list. I would love to have you there. Now we know that every parent's mission is to equip their child with the best resources. And when it comes to math, CTC Math is the beacon that lights up this path. Its dynamic approach makes it an invaluable tool for both homeschooling families and those seeking supplementary guidance. With lessons that capture attention and ignite curiosity, it has transformed many reluctant learners into math enthusiasts. Grace, a dedicated mother, shared this. Witnessing my daughter's newfound enthusiasm and confidence in math has been nothing short of a revelation. Step into this world of enriched learning at ctcmath.com. I will leave a link in the show notes. Okay, so a mom reached out to me telling me how much she loved the episode on my podcast last year when I talked about all of our family's favorite Christmas movies. I'm going to leave a link in the show notes to that episode if you didn't get a chance to listen to it or if you want to re-listen to it. Um, I also did an episode on our family's favorite Christmas traditions. So that's another episode that I will leave a link in the show notes to. So she asked if this year I would share our family's favorite Christmas music and food. So that's my goal in this episode. Now, speaking of goals, we all want our kids to grow up to be wise, mature, productive adults who follow Jesus and live purposeful, meaningful lives. Nowadays, many parents are wondering if traditional college is helping or hurting that process. 
My friends at Excel College are changing the game in higher education by allowing students to combine a world-class, biblically-based liberal arts-style curriculum with hands-on skills training as they finish their degree and get this, you guys, just two and a half years. All of this while learning to thrive in the context of Christian community. And you know what the best part is? Their model helps students graduate debt-free. If you want your student to learn how to build a life, not just make a living, send them to Excel College. They have just a few spots left for their January cohort. You can learn more at thexlcollege.com, and I will leave a link in the show notes to make it easy for you to get there. All right, so you're probably in the same um mode that I am right now, prepping for Christmas. Um, this last week has been all about decorating, getting all the decorations up. It took way longer than I thought it would. <laughs> I, in my defense, I did put up more decorations this year. Yeah, last year I kept it a little bit more simple because we had just moved and um, yeah, I was kind of pooped. This year, I sort of tried to get as much up as I thought would look um super festive. So, but there's always like these debacles along the way, right? So I call them decorating debacles. You know, sometimes I have to wait for my husband and then he forgets. And so there's all the stuff sitting in a pile in the entryway. Um, But he got those things hung up pretty quickly. Then I bought these solar lights. Um, They're solar uh, LED white lights because, okay, we live out in the country. So we don't get to look at anybody's Christmas lights. And if we put lights on our house, it ends up just being something we see if we happen to come home after dark, which (laughs) we typically don't stay out after dark in the winter. We like being home. So it's kind of like, well, that's pointless because you you just put them up and then you have to take them down again. So we decided that we would opt out of that. And I did something really cute on my windows in uh, on our house. What I did was I, I had seen this last year in on other people's houses and thought it was such a good idea. Um, I bought these flocked wreaths at the after Christmas sale last year and red ribbons. And so I attached these red ribbons to these flocked wreaths and then got those suction cut things with a hook and put them on the top pane of our windows across the front of our house. So we have a... Um, uh, what do you call it, a rancher. So um, just have four windows across the front of the house. So we put wreaths on each one of them and they turned out beautiful. Uh, the only problem was that when it got really cold, one of them kept falling down. So we figured out that if you make it a little bit wet, it'll stick better. So those are all uh, no longer a debacle. It, they look wonderful. That was probably one of the simplest new things that I've added to our house. But I bought these lights these white lights, these solar white lights to go in the bushes across the across the driveway so that when we sat in our living room, we could see these beautiful lights. You know, they're just, it's just, a, uh, it's our land and there's just like some sapling trees out there and it's been cleared once, but these little trees have grown back and I was like, oh, it'd be so pretty to have those lights in there. So I spent $30 on these two sets of solar lights and I went out there to hang them the other day and Oh my goodness. Some of the trees out there literally have thorns in them. And then there's these random blackberry bushes. And I just finally went, you know what? This is not worth it. So I went to the back deck and thought, I'm just going to staple gun these to the top of our deck. That'll look really pretty, but I couldn't find the staple gun. So I called my husband and I'm like, hey, listen, this is what happened. I'm going to put these on the deck. And he's like, 
well, I think I know where the staple gun is, but hold off because I think I want to put them in the orchard, um, in the, you know, empty trees in the orchard. I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking to myself, he's never going to do this. He's, he's got a full plate too. So I decided I'm going to put them on the bushes in the front of the house. And I actually think he'll be relieved. It'll take something off of his plate. So <laughs> there are some of my decorating debacles. Oh, the other one is my village. I shared this on social media. I've got this village that I bought at Costco like uh, probably 20, 25 years ago. But it's got like a few well, there's a few pieces that went missing, but then there's also like a caroler without a head, so she's decapitated. And then there's a sledding, a kitty, a kid who's sledding and one of his arms is missing. And but I don't think that's too bad considering it survived eight kids and ten grandkids so far. So, you know, every time I put that thing out, I just laugh. There's no way. I could afford to go buy a brand new perfect one, but why would I? Like all the little hands that have touched this and I just laugh every time I see this woman without a head and this <laughs> sledder without an arm. <laughs> you can sled with one arm, right? And so it's just hilarious. And, and right now I'm actually waiting for three more bulbs because only half the, <laughs> the village is lit up because three of the bulbs are out. And I keep forgetting to pick them up and my husband keeps forgetting to pick them up. So anyway, if you find yourself in the same sort of situation where you're like, hmm, you know, I don't know if this is actually going to get done. Just just know that you're not alone. I decided I'm putting a cap, like a deadline. Like if this stuff isn't done by this time, I'm not even going to try to put it up, okay? So that has helped tremendously because it's kind of put a time limit on me and made me go, okay, you know, it's like do it or don't do it. Make a decision because there are other years that I have just waited thinking, kept thinking that I was going to put it up and it was just like this constant stress, like low-level stress through, you know, the few weeks of December until I finally gave up when it got close enough to Christmas and then I felt like a failure. So I was like, you know what? I don't want to play that game this year. So I told myself right around December 1st, that's it, man. If it's not up, it's not happening. So there you go. Um, for what it's worth, I don't know if that was encouraging or not, but... <laughs> This is my life in real time. All right, so today I'm going to share our family's favorite Christmas music and food. Okay, so let me just say this, first of all, that our family's favorite Christmas foods are not at all like we eat normally, okay? So we eat pretty healthy for the most part. We try to stick to grass-fed stuff, and we, you know, local food. We have our own chickens, all that kind of stuff. But boy, when it comes to Christmas, you can't beat those traditional meals. And so our, our traditional Christmas meal on Christmas Day is, um, well, okay, let's start with the morning. I don't do this every year. In fact, I've only did, done it a few years, but it is a traditional recipe that I got from my mother-in-law that she used to do every year. It's called apricot braid. Some of you, I know that you say apricot, but apricot, apricot, potato, potato, whatever. Okay, so this is a, a braid. It's like a, It's like a pastry that you can make ahead of time. So you make the dough and you roll it out and then you take like a pizza cutter and you cut in towards the middle, leaving about mm, three or four inches in the middle. So you've, you've, you've rolled out this rectangle, right? And 
and you're leaving a little bit in the middle that isn't cut. So you're gonna cut it on either side and then you're gonna fold over left, right, left, right after you put this filling in the middle. And you can use apricot or apricot filling. You could use cherry if you wanted to, whatever pie filling you wanna put in the middle. You could do apple. And so you just take that. And the cool thing about this is that you can literally make this a week or two ahead of time, wrap it up in um, saran wrap and foil. I always like to do saran wrap because and foil because it keeps it from getting freezer burnt. Um, and then you can take it out the night before Christmas and unwrap the whole thing and set it on um, a cookie sheet. And then you can let it thaw and rise overnight. And in the morning, it's all ready to just instantly pop in the oven and have a scrambled eggs or something like that. So what I'm going to do for you is I am going to leave that recipe in the show notes along with a couple others that I'm going to share here. So our Christmas dinner, which we typically do about one in the afternoon because how our, our morning works is on Christmas Day. So Christmas Eve, we do hors d'oeuvres and um, that involves like pigs in a blanket, like tiny little smokies wrapped up with, like you just buy the biscuit dough and you roll it out. Like I break the biscuits in half so I'm so they're a little bit thinner and I roll them out and then I roll the little smoky in that and pop it in the oven. And you could put cheese in there if you want to, but I like to have a bunch of different kinds of mustard to dip it into. Um, we do like a relish tray with sweet pickles and carrots and cucumbers and olives, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so that's another thing that we do. And then let me think what else. Just it's a lot of finger food. So we'll do like... Um, deviled eggs. Um, that's one of our favorites. So just things like that. That's what we have on Christmas Eve. And usually we'll have it with like sparkling cider or something. And we'll, and then we'll go to a Christmas Eve service. So a lot of times we'll do an early Christmas Eve service, like maybe four or five in the afternoon. And then after that, we'll do hors d'oeuvres. And then uh, whoever is there for that, um, we buy them Christmas jammies because our kids used to always get Christmas pajamas every Christmas Eve, and then they would sleep under the Christmas tree. So that I talked about in my Christmas tradition episode. And again, I'll leave a link in the show notes to that. It's something that they've always loved to do. And then when they wake up the next morning, they come in and jump on our bed. Um, that's just something that has always gone on. Now, obviously, most of them aren't here. Um, they Most of them don't choose to sleep on the floor under the tree anymore. Some stick around and will sleep on the sectional or some will sleep on the floor. But most of them are married and gone and independent. But um, like I said, every now and then they decide to spend the night. But we have one in particular, um, Luke, who lives next door and has lived in a tiny house next to us with his wife. And they've got a little little one who's about a year and a half and they're due again in January. He unfailingly grabs our 18-year-old, 19-year-old now, um, and and our 21-year-old who are still living with us, and they come into our room and jump on our bed. And Nat, last year, he brought the baby with him. <laughs> so now it's the grandkids jumping on the bed as well. So we get up that morning, and <clears throat> like I said, uh, we may have the apricot braid. We may have something else. But... The dinner is around one o'clock. So um, after we've done our traditional morning thing, everybody comes from, you know, 
wherever else. If they, they live here, they come over. If they, you know, it gives them a chance to have a Christmas morning with their little families. Um, so they come over around 1230 or 1. And then our Christmas dinner is actually really easy. <clears throat> it is the spiral, spli- spiral sliced ham from Costco along with a recipe that we love that's a family recipe called Jen's Potatoes. And so what this is, is my husband's step-grandmother. So when my husband was five, his real grandma passed away. And several years later, his grandpa met a wonderful Norwegian woman who was just a wonderful grandma to all of the grandkids. And she was a really good cook. And one of the things that she would make is, is these these mashed baked potatoes. So what it is, is it's mashed potatoes all, you know, cooked up and beat up with a, um, you know, with a, with a blender. And then you throw in eight ounces of cream cheese and eight ounces of sour cream. And you blend that in. And then there's a little bit of garlic. Um, I know that they've used um, like ranch seasoning in it before, um, but you can do it either way. And then you put that in a buttered nine by 13. And again, I will include the link in the show notes or not a link, but a recipe in the show notes. And so then you butter the nine by 13 and you dump these potatoes in there. So it's like eight-ish pounds of potatoes, right? Cook down and then you add your sour cream and your cream cheese and also your salt, of course, and then some garlic or ranch um you know, the ranch, uh, the powdered ranch stuff. And you put that in your nine by 13 and then get this, you guys, an entire cube of butter on the top. And then you sprinkle it lightly with paprika and you bake that in the oven. Oh my goodness. Now, if you have dairy issues, um, you can use plant-based stuff. It does not taste quite the same, but if that's where you are in your journey, I think you'll still love these. So that's Jen's potatoes. And okay, so Jen is a a Genevieve. So it starts with a G-E-N, okay? So I'm gonna leave that recipe in the show notes. But our family has actually switched it to Jen's potatoes with a J because our daughter, Jenna, who's our second born, she's been on the podcast a few times, but she sort of took over making those every Christmas when she got old enough. And so now when the kids are asking me for Jen's potatoes, they ask for it with a J, which I think is super sweet and cute. And I think Grandma Jen would approve. Okay, so ham, Jen's potatoes, curried fruit. Okay, so this is a recipe that I got from my mother-in-law and it is so good with the ham, okay? So all it is is like a can of peaches, mostly drained, a can of pears, mostly drained, and a can of pineapple if you want. I tend to just stick to the peaches and pears because that's what we really like. And then you take a cube of butter. Well, it's not a cube. It's a third of a cup, but in a nine by 13, I think you need more. So maybe do a half a cup of butter. You're going to melt that and then you're going to put one to two teaspoons of curry in it, okay? And then, so you're going to Take your fruit, you're gonna take that that mostly drained fruit, you're gonna put it in a nine by 13, you're gonna drizzle it with this butter. And okay, so it's butter and curry and um, brown sugar. I'll leave a link in the show notes. So like half a cup of butter, 
uh, a third to half a cup of brown sugar and one to two teaspoons of curry. And you're going to mix that all up together. And like I said, you're going to drizzle it over the fruit and you pop it in the oven for maybe 15 minutes until it's bubbly and the fruit is warm. Oh my goodness. It is so good with the potatoes and the ham. So, um, again, I'll leave a, a recipe for that as well. And then the rest of it's fairly simple. We typically do Costco's organic green beans. Sometimes we'll throw some bacon bits in there just to add some excitement. Um, and then rolls, bot. They've been we've eaten bot. We have eaten homemade. Whatever works out that year. And then for dessert, our favorite dessert. Uh, one of our favorite desserts is a pecan or pecan, however you want to say it. <laughs> pecan fudge pie. And this is super simple. Again, I'll leave a, a recipe in the show notes. But the pecan fudge pie, all it is, is a basic pecan pie recipe. But before you throw the filling in, because you know you mix up the filling all in a in a bowl and with the pecans and everything in it and dump it into the pie shell. But before you do that with pecan fudge pie, you, you layer the bottom of the pie plate on top of the shell. You put chocolate chips and then you dump that filling in there. Oh my goodness, it is one of our favorites. And of course, you have to have heavy whipping cream with it, the real stuff. Um, and then our other pie, it, it changes from year to year. It's typically something like apple pie or something like that. Or sometimes somebody will make a different dessert to go with the pie. But the pecan pie is always a big hit. So that's our food scenario. And then of course, dinner time is like, whatever, you know, like <laughs> we don't feed everybody dinner. We don't guarantee anybody dinner. Um, <clears throat> but usually there are some leftovers or everybody's gone by then, or we'll pull out some of the hors d'oeuvres from the night before. Um, so th those are our food traditions and our food favorites. Oh, I do want to tell you about our traditional cookie baking because, um, that's also part of the food, our traditional family food. And again, not like what we would normally eat. But here you go. We always have a traditional cookie baking day. So I thought that as the kids got to be adults and like most of them were out of the house, like six of them were out of the house, that they wouldn't care about the cookie baking. And I was in some ways relieved. It was like, oh, okay, I don't have to do that. Well, I was wrong. They all, there was mutiny. And they all said, what, what are you talking about? We have to have cookie baking day. So we make sure that we schedule a cookie baking day. And that happens to be this Sunday at three in the afternoon. Everybody will trudge over to our house and we'll do cookie baking. And our daughter, who's 21, said, Mom, I just love the cookie baking day because it feels like it did when we were kids. You know, it just doesn't feel like anything's changed. It's so much fun and it brings back such great memories. So the cookies that have sort of like uh, stood the test of time are spritz cookies, which is basically like a butter and flour cookie is all it is with, I think it's got some cream of tartar in it and we put it through a cookie press, which is always an interesting thing. Not all cookie presses are the same. And there's a certain method you have to do to get that dough out of there without everything sticking. So it's always entertaining. Um, you know, I mean, we could roll it out and cut it out, but what would be the fun in that? So these little cookies are just really tiny, actually. They're only maybe like an inch, inch and a half. And then we sprinkle them with like different colors of, you know, Christmas sugar 
or, you know, sprinkles or whatever we have that looks Christmassy. And those are just so good with tea or coffee. Um, We also do almond roca squares, which is a super simple uh, recipe that I got from a friend literally years and years ago that I haven't talked to in decades. Um, But she gave us this recipe and it's just been a favorite over the years. It is basically, you take a, um, a cookie sheet and you line it with foil and then you put your you put um, saltine crackers on the bottom, and then you, in a pot, you mix, you mix up butter and brown sugar and vanilla and maybe a little bit of salt. And I think you add, I want to say baking soda or powder to, to it. Anyway, it kind of bubbles up and gets almost caramely. You pour that on top of the um, saltines, and then you pop it in the oven for just a few minutes at like a high temperature, like 425 or something to get all that brown sugar and butter sort of more caramelized. And then you pull it out and you drizzle melted chocolate chips and spread that as best you can. That's always a challenge. Um, But just try to, you know, get a thin layer of chocolate on there and then you sprinkle it with sliced almonds. And that is one of our kids' favorites. It has that sweet and salty taste. Peanut butter balls, always a favorite. It's basically peanut butter and powdered sugar and butter. And then your cho- melted chocolate chips with a little bit of butter in them so that um, they are easy to dip the peanut butter balls into. Pepper nuts, that's another uh, favorite of ours. And it's actually a German recipe. And I don't even think that I could pronounce it. We call it Fufernus, but it starts with a P. Anyway, it is a German recipe that I... Um, first tasted as a kid. So while I was growing up for a big chunk of my growing up years, I went to a Mennonite church. Now this is when I say Mennonite, it wasn't, we didn't all wear dresses and caps and all of that. Um, We, it was just a really awesome church for just such good fellowship. Those people knew how to make you feel like family. And so we had lots of potlucks and all kinds of gatherings and different things, a lot of really good fellowship. And there was always amazing food because most of the people there were German. Most of the dishes were German and my my family is Dutch. So not too far away from our roots as well. But this particular cookie has um, molasses. Um, it's molasses and flour and butter and um some spices like allspice and that kind of thing, um, cinnamon, cloves, nutmeg, I think. And then you throw what's called anise seed. And that has like a little bit of a licorice flavor to it. And you take this, you have to chill it first, but you roll it out super like maybe half an inch um, into these really long strips. And then you cut them with a knife and they end up being like little maybe quarter to half inch squares of cookie. And you can literally just like eat them by the handful once they cook. And you pop them in the oven for like 10 minutes. Oh, they're so good with coffee or tea or something like that. They just have a very festive, Christmassy um, flavor to them. Okay. And the last thing, this is really funny, you guys. It's called, um, I only know it by this name. I'm sure there's a better name for it, but it's called White Trash. And it has also been a favorite. My mom made it years ago, and it was such a hit. Um, It's a super easy thing to make, um, to put in little tins and to give to your neighbors. So what is in it is you melt that candy quick. Again, all kinds of hydrogenated oils and (laughs) 
I get, it's not good for you, okay? But that's not the point here. Um, So you melt that, and then in a separate bowl, you mix up, it's pretzels, corn checks, rice checks, um, and then Cheerios, and then you throw that into a bowl, and then you drizzle this melted candy quick on it. And then lastly, when it's kind of, when you've tossed it all and you've kind of coated everything and it's cooled down a bit, you throw in M&Ms. Oh, and also dry roasted peanuts. So again, it's got this sweet salty thing and oh my gosh, it's so good. So those are our favorite Christmas cookies that we, that we make together. All right, so I'm going to move away from the food and get to the music. This will go really fast because I'm just going to go through the list. Okay, so I haven't done it yet, so I don't know if I will get to it, but I will try to take all of these songs and put them in a Spotify playlist and leave a link in the show notes. So if you don't see it there, it's because it didn't happen. (laughs) Okay, I just wrapped up my book this week, and my husband's getting ready to leave town, And it's just been, there's been a lot going on. And you know what? It's so good, you guys. Um, I have, (laughs) you know, I have a lot of kids and grandkids and our family just continues to expand. And, you know, when I start to feel like, oh my goodness, I can't do all of this. I just thank the Lord and remember what someone very wise once told me, that baskets of fruit are heavy. So if you've got this fruit that you are harvesting, that you are carrying because you have worked hard and been persistent and faithful, it doesn't mean that the basket that you're carrying all that fruit in might not be heavy, okay? So that's what I try to remember is like, you know what? It's a heavy basket of fruit sometimes, but I wouldn't have it any other way. And what I have to do is just say, Lord, will you give me wisdom? Show me what's important and what isn't. Show me what I need to pursue and what I need to let go of. Please don't let me get so um, so set on my agenda that I miss opportunities that you are presenting to me for relationship, for margin. Um, Sometimes it is a time to be busy and productive, and those are all really good things. But my husband and I were reminding ourselves this morning um, about Ecclesiastes and what Solomon's final conclusion was after giving himself every luxury and really looking for wisdom. His conclusion was this. There's nothing better to eat, to be able to enjoy your food and your drink and your work. That's it. But you know what? We can't enjoy any of it without God. And so once we start trying to pull this off without him, it's not going to, not only is it not going to go well, it's not going to be enjoyable. It's not what he has for us. And so um, I guess that's just my word of encouragement to remember that if you're feeling overwhelmed right now, Um, ask the Lord to show you whether there's just things you need to throw off your plate. Maybe don't put up those Christmas lights or don't make that certain batch of cookies that stresses you out. Or maybe you're gonna say yes to those things and because you believe God is saying yes to them and you're gonna move forward and you're gonna persevere. And and we can hopefully do that with joy, thanking the Lord for all that he's given us. Okay, so here's, 
our music, and this is probably really going to date us because my husband and I pulled a lot of this music from our childhood, okay? So we pulled that music into our kids' childhood, and they're doing the same thing with their kids. But there were some things that were added when our kids came on the scene. So here are the older things, older the, some of the older music that we enjoy listening to at Christmas. Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas by Karen Carpenter. Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire by Nat King Cole. Blue Christmas with Elvis. White Christmas and Silver Bells. And I'll Be Home for Christmas with none other than the famous swooning Bing Crosby. It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year by Andy Williams. The Little Drummer Boy by Harry Simone Corral. Um, so this is going to, that's a choir of people. Um, the Little Drummer, I, I just mentioned that one, sorry. Frosty the Snowman by Gene Autry. O Tannenbaum by Vince Guaraldi Trio. It's the one that you hear on the Charlie Brown Christmas. Silver Bells by Andy Williams. Holly Jolly Christmas, good old Burl Ives. The First Noel, Winter Wonderland, Mistletoe and Holly. Have Yourself a Little Merry Little Christmas and Let It Snow by Frank Sinatra. Then, and I, that may not be all of them, but those are the ones that came to mind, and um, there may be a few more I could have added, but you get the gist of it. When our kids were very, very little, I think our oldest was still a baby, um, the Kenny G Miracle Christmas album came out. That's the one where his son is a baby at the time, and he's got a bear behind pretty sure he did not appreciate that as he got older, but it was a cute picture. Um, and <laughs> so that is one that we have really loved playing over and over again. And also the classic Christmas album, also by Kenny G, Aaron Neville's Soulful Christmas. That is another wonderful one we loved and listened to a lot. A couple more groups were Mannheim Steamroller, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, Michael Buble. I think that came out when the kids were older and, oh, our sons are all about Michael Buble's Christmas album. I also love Lauren Daigle's Christmas album. And my uh, one of our daughters mentioned the random Starbucks mixes on that they did on uh, CD. And so these are ones that would be playing in Starbucks. We don't actually frequent Starbucks much anymore because we're just not about their, their wokeness and all of that. But while the kids were growing up, we were there off and on. They remember stopping there and, and I would take them there for, you know, for little dates and things like that. And, um, Anyway, in the store, they would be playing these Christmas mixes, and you could buy that mix um, when you uh, when you came in and you heard it. If you liked it, you could purchase the CD. Of course, now you can get it all on streaming, so that's not an option. But they remember that, and they remember us purchasing a couple of those and listening to those. All right, so I, like I said, I will try to put together that one Spotify, um, but I'm not sure I'll get that all of these songs in a in a, um, uh, what do you call it, in a link for you. Um, just know that 
I, I probably tried really hard and just couldn't get to it. However, I am going to leave a link in the show notes to a little play, playlist that I created called Unhurried Christmas. And this is just something that I sort of gathered over the last couple of years of really chill Christmas songs that I've enjoyed. They're not, they're not really the classics, but they're by people that just have really calming voices and the lyrics and the music, the arrangement is is super calming and, and who of us couldn't use a little more of that, right? All right, hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, let's close in prayer. Lord, I just thank you for every mom listening, for every family represented, and I pray, God, that as these moms go about their tasks, their regular tasks, and now their Christmas tasks in addition, that you would just give them peace that passes all understanding, that you would give them wisdom, that even as they keep, as they are busy, their hands are busy, Lord, I pray that their hearts would be turned towards you. Lord, help all of our hearts to be focused on you as we go through our days from now until Christmas and of course beyond. Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us and we thank you for Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.